Sportsy, let's talk sports. So today we have with us Ahana Mehrotra. She's the founder of AIM Sports Law and Management Company and partner at TMT Law Practices. After having a wonderful chat with Ahana, uh, the first woman in, woman sports lawyer in India, about her journey from being an athlete to a professional in law. Uh, she spoke to us about her journey, about uh, how did it, what the sports law field is for India, and uh, how do you actually look at that industry uh, to make careers. Uh, today we are going to talk to her uh, in the second part of our uh, episode is about what is baiting, what is fantasy sports, how do you differentiate that at the same time, what is her Olympic dream uh, and uh, what kind of career opportunities which are there for people who want to make career in sports. So please welcome Ahana Merutra on the part two of Legally Sports. Thank you for watching. Thank you for liking and thank you for sharing. But please do subscribe on the channel Sportsy Say that help us spread the word. We go by the same name Sportsy Say across all the social media handles. Please do subscribe on the channel Sportsy Say that So again taking one another thing from the another earlier answer that you had other answer that you had. What is your take on legalizing betting and also the whole the fantasy that uh, the fantasy is not betting and it is game of skills. So, what is your take on that? So, I mean, and how do you differentiate as well? How do you differentiate as well? Because now it is right, le legally differentiated. So, how do you differentiate? So, basically, we don't have a regulation, right? It's an unregulated market, so to speak, betting specifically. Uh, where the, since there is no law, we're making good use of the gray area that exists in the country at this point of time. Now, games of skill and games of chance by the Supreme Court is one of the judgments has been <laughs> listed down. I'm, try I'm trying to keep it less technical. Yes. Has been listed, da listed down as, you know, no game is a game of pure skill or pure chance. It's basically in terms of what is the dominating element, whether skill is the dominating element or chance is the dominating element. And that's essentially how uh, in... A particular case, Rami was held to be a game of skill because you have to remember the fall of cards. You have to, you know, uh, place your cards in a certain manner. And that's when you throw your card. Basis, certain factors is how Rami was yeah. ruled to be a game of skill. Likewise, betting on horse racing was considered to be betting on a game of skill, so to speak, which is simply because you have to you have to take into consideration the breed of the horse, the weather conditions, the performance of the jockey, how, you know, various factors. And then, mm. so it's a fair amount of skill involved. And taking from the Satyanarayana and the Lakshmanan case, basically, those are the two that I just quoted, is where now the principle, the position with regard to fantasy gaming has been set out. Similarly, mm. that fantasy gaming, because uh, you are in a position wherein you have to exercise a fair amount of skill because you have to, uh, you cannot select all players from one team, which would then right. amount to betting. So you, there is a cap in, in terms of the number of players you can select from one team. There's also a salary cap or the maximum yeah. limit that you can spend. So it's not like you can take the top five players from one team, top five players from the other team and make your, you know, playing 11, so to speak. Right. So there is also that cap. So it's possible that if you take, uh, you know, today, uh, Hardik, uh, Virat Kohli, who's the top batsman, he, you might take a Hardik Pandya, who's perfect at number six or whatever. And then you might take the ace bowler that there is 
And then, I mean, someone like a Bumrah you have. So then you have to balance it out with picking up the players which who are valued at a much lesser value because you've exa- exhausted your most yeah. of your points selecting these top players who might be the best in the T20 format, so to speak. Right. So there is a fair. So you have to keep into <clears throat> take into consideration the current form of the player. Also, in terms of other factors like how a player performs, maybe it's if it's an away game or it's a home game, and right. like in the cricket context, are they playing in India? Are they playing abroad? All of the what the pitch conditions are, what the weather conditions are, all of those things. So you have to be constantly following the spot to be able to understand, and that mm-hmm. is when you are able to suitably pick your best eleven, right? Correct. So everybody is yeah. exercising their own skills. <clears throat> Since there is a fair amount of skill involved, is how it is termed as a game of skill. Now, what the courts differentiate between is this. games of skill basically when played for stakes and games of chance when played for stakes now again this is a state subject to rule on betting is a state subject to rule on so while there are certain states like assam or orissa telangana which do not differentiate between games of skill when played for stakes and games of chance when played for stakes so every so there you can't offer these fantasy gaming and as recently as last month you had andhra pradesh Move into the similar domain, wherein now you can't offer games of skill for stakes anymore, which has okay. been sort of a. So yeah, you you don't play Dream Eleven in Andhra Pradesh anymore. Basically, that's what happened. How does it work? It, it it's in the cloud, right? How does it? How does it? You have to set geo blockers essentially. That so basically, when you log into Dream Eleven, I mean, of course, a that yeah. you have to enable your location. That somehow that's also how some of the other websites work. Like there are some states that offer online lottery. Right. So again, I mean, if you put in your address as anywhere else in terms of except the state that where lottery that particular lottery is to be offered, you'll not be able to access the website further. Similarly, I mean, in this scenario, the apps you're supposed to be feeding in what state are you ta- coming from or enabling your location so that they can right. track the geolocation, right? And that's when you set up geo blockers oh, in wow. particular states. So that's what I'm saying. Just making, with just the, making life complicated. <laughs> with the advent of tech, it's uh, it's. Quite. I mean, you have to understand the tech side of things to that, which you are an expert at, for that matter. You have to. Yeah, because that's why. That's why suddenly I start saying that okay, if I am there, that uh, I think VPN will work better for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what most people do. I mean, the, that's what most people do, to be honest. Exactly. Uh, but that's the work around to it. But yeah. But so what about the actual actual betting? So this is uh, about more of a game of skills, the game right. of chance, which, the typical I mean, game of chance, which is not legal in India as of now. Right. That's correct. So, so I mean, I'm all for betting being legalized, and that's what I was saying. That with Andhra Pradesh having taken the step that it took as recently as last month, it was a bit of a step back. But mm. again, one has to look at it that we're coming from a country where betting, even though existing from ancient times, is looked upon as a vice. And also, unfortunately, we don't have the kind of checks and balance mechanisms or the control yeah. mechanisms that they have put in place in Europe like in Europe mm-hmm. they monitor your betting patterns right okay. so if you've lost an x amount of money which is also a factor that dream 11 puts into uh, play that if you've lost an x amount of money either your account is shut off till the time you get an email saying hey we've seen that you've been betting a lot uh, are you going through some sort of stress in your life we have a, yeah. a psychologist available would you like to make use of that service question also yeah. that can you afford to lose the kind of money that you've lost yeah, they have all these monitoring patterns set out in in uh europe so to speak or elsewhere abroad where uh, betting is really popular in india i mean a that we are also dealing with such a large illiterate population yeah. uh who you know and especially where you know in villages the constant complaint i think of women is that 
uh, my husband goes out to work on some money but also spends it all on alcohol in the evenings yeah. so that that that's the unfortunate truth of the society we live in so here from their perspective you're looking at introducing one more vice into the society that okay now they're going to lose all their daily income daily wages on right. things like betting but that being said i mean sure those are not the people who are going to anyways access online said that around about 130 billion dollars is what the indian betting market looked like uh, in terms of numbers in at the end of 2018 which was basically it had grown from about uh, about 85 90 billion which was in 2012 so in a five year span or it had you know grown to over 50% of that number and that's how the big the unregulated betting market yeah. is and also like estimates like about 200 million dollars are bet on every cricket match that india plays yeah. so those are the kind of statistics out there and you can probably on and given the current especially the way the economic situation has been impacted because of covid right so especially in the current economic situation i think even from a government perspective you can on taxes which are estimated about 20000 odd crores per year yeah. if you regulate betting yeah so i mean taking all these factors into consideration i mean i'm all for betting being legalized <laughs> and of course there are those checks and balances that are put in place even from the from uh, a point of view of corruption in sport right because the whole adrenal rush for all of us is the uncertainty of the result as far as yes. a, a particular match is concerned the moment we know that this is what the result is going to be is when we lose interest and that's why there's not so much value in the rebroadcast of a particular match where result is already known or for that matter like i always say i mean the economics of sport works in the absolute reverse manner as as far as uh <clears throat> competition is concerned versus other industries so in an apple or samsung case the further you are from each other in terms of tech the better you're bound to do right i mean today yeah. everybody goes and swears by an apple laptop simply because they know that it's going to last you 5 6 7 years yes. was an hp laptop or anybody else who may last you only 3 to 4 years so that, i mean Correct. you're also getting your value for money so the further you are in terms of tech the more the better it is but as far as sport is concerned uh, concerned the ideology of competition is completely reversed the closer yeah. you are right i mean today i am definitely more interested in india versus england cricket match or in india versus australia cricket match than an india versus afghanistan cricket match simply because i know that the competition between india and england is much closer and in australia is much right. closer and that's the that's the excitement right in an india afghanistan match i probably already know that india is going to win the match so i'm not so keen mm. to watch so that that unpredictability element is what the economics of sport thrives on as well so if you can keep betting independent of corruption in sport then yeah all for it excellent and uh, yeah with uh, even i have worked with genius sports in past and uh, we know that even the 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 league low level uh, games of mumbai and bangalore gets uh, the betting happens somewhere in eastern europe uh, yeah, on, yeah. on those games so yeah it is it's uh, we don't know who is doing that and said too much good money to be made by government but i as you said right right actually regular we need to regularize the whole thing and has to consider a lot of other aspects uh, but Absolutely. good to know that uh, you somebody like you who supports this i think it is it is good to know so i think uh, all of us you talk to any sports lawyer they'll be like yeah, i'm yeah. all for it exactly <laughs> maybe and, we have personal agendas that our work will increase but yeah, you, you will have <laughs> you will have a lot of work for sure <laughs> that's what i'm yeah. saying maybe we have all our personal agendas that work will increase but also for other reasons just economic yeah. reasons in general i think it can definitely do wonders if it's a regulated market versus an unregulated yeah. one right so uh, just 
extension this question about now women's sport is picking up pretty well in india uh, mm-hmm. cricket is now uh, is looking real lucrative uh, women has actually done far better than men in the olympics over years for india so uh, how do you feel about it being a woman athlete as well as a, a proponent of women in sport so what is that your message to the all the women out there about uh, the women in sports and uh, the sporting field and future i think when or less and i don't think one should look at it as or have a soft spot or some sort of sympathy with just because you're a woman in sport right you're an athlete mm. at the end of the day regardless of your gender yeah. and all we are fighting for is i guess g- gender equality okay. um, that being said i mean what i what i say that to my message to women athletes for people working women working in sport people like whether he people like anjali or you know so many people out there deepthi for that matter i mean you know they all doing such great work great and job, they are yeah. all heading heading the organizations that they are at and so just take inspiration from these people and do put your best foot forward and don't think that just because you're a woman you're any lesser or for that matter don't don't have let that play, play with your psyche in any manner right don't ever let that serve as a psychological disadvantage always yes. make, always make that your strength so to speak and i mean ever onwards go forward from yeah. uh, where you are so that's that's yeah. essentially what i believe in and i think uh, i you know uh, i mean of course there have been several in my personal experience i mean there have been several it's not always been easy there have been several yeah. setbacks but also i've been extremely fortunate that a uh, friends who are male have always stepped up to support so it's not yeah. like everybody's going to put you down uh, i mean i still remember there was an untowardly ex- episode that i had in uh, 2016 while at a conference and there was another fellow indian sports lawyer who was there who really stepped up and stood by me so i'm saying that's what i'm saying that it's not that even you know uh, as competitors in the industry or whatever uh that we're always out there yeah. to stab each other or to put each other down i think there's a lot of mutual respect if you're doing great work and everything flows from there so if you're till, till you're doing great work i think uh, you're going to move forward regardless of whether you're a woman or a man wow and i i, I my question was not to be become become sexist or talk about anything <laughs> like you you put it properly where like this is gender equality nothing else that is what we're talking about but i think yeah. very well said about just being true to your work and uh, having respect mutual respect irrespective of the gender i think having respect about what you do what like what dipti does i think that the 100 men are not doing uh, what exactly. dipti is doing so uh, it's not about that but i think but we need the heroes more and more heroes or the, even the heroes for my for that matter for to come out and have the inspirational stories to come out because that is unfortunately that's what we have the baggage which we need to break the taboos Uh, absolutely i mean so that's what like i think we did a webinar earlier in the year i think that was my first during this covid series and it was a session uh, that uh, sports for all had hosted so again it was with women in sport and deepthi mrs dani whether he we were all on that panel yeah. right so i said i mean again it all boiled down to we sh- shouldn't be so looked upon as that there's a general notion that oh she's a woman what does she know about sport Because the general notion is that sport is a man's world, right? But also, and that's when my I turn around and ask Rishi the counter question. I said, "Tell me, you work with a woman lawyer? Did you ever think about it that oh, uh, I shouldn't work with 
a lawyer because she's a woman or for that matter i mean so there have there are also those great mentally supportive uh, people from the opposite sex out there i mean and yes. same works the other way right i mean nandan and deepthi share a great relationship yeah. he's obviously had that faith in her she's grown the organization the way she's grown it so also you have to allow somebody just the space to grow whether you're a man or a woman whichever role you're yes. in if you you know you have to support the other person it's just basically yeah. that so i mean it doesn't matter what what yeah. sex uh, <laughs> Exactly, and that for that, for one of my most favorite ads is the Nike ad that they call me crazy. Uh, right. Or it's it's a phenomenal ad that uh, Nike made. It actually even just thinking about it gives me goosebumps, and I use that ad anywhere I go in my speech and my talks because that's what it's all about. Finally, you are crazy for what you do. So, uh, what my last question to you, uh, Anna, is uh, is about the people who are listening to this are also interested in making careers in. Uh, sports law so what kind of courses are typically available that people can look at beyond doing the regular law degree and mm-hmm. uh, how do they make their careers in sports well so obviously when i want to do a masters in sports law there was nothing that existed in india also i think i always wanted to go abroad for my masters that was very clear in my head but today when people ask me a i always tell them that no matter what area it is of sport that you want to specialize in be it management in management be it ops marketing whatever it may be right i say that don't jump into uh, pursuing formal education without getting the work experience i mean you might today think that uh being you know on the legal side of things is extremely exciting but when you actually get down to working in it you realize that hey it's not really the legal side of things that i enjoy i just enjoy sports so maybe management is more for me i want to be on the ops side of things i want to be on ground or for that matter maybe marketing is more for me and same i mean so i mean once you gain that perspective from practical training right practical work experience is when you realize whether or not you're actually interested in it yeah. and that's when you decide that where you want to pursue your education i always tell people that a sport is still a startup industry today i mean there's only the three big corporates out there that have largely invested in sport one being reliance one being tata and the other being jsw jindal so other than that there are no big corporates that have invested in sport and even those corporates when running their sports businesses they treat it like a startup business yeah. right so budgets are always a constraint regardless of whatever because it is at the end of the day an investment business an investment mm-hmm. that you have to uh continue to do for a period of about 10 odd years before you start making that revenue so coming so you you have to understand that probably the jobs that you get coming back to india and today the immigration market everywhere is becoming uh, the immigration laws are becoming so stringent that yeah. uh, people aren't open to you know people from abroad working or for yeah. that matter their laws don't allow you to give them jobs and they, no matter how good you may be so the chances of getting a job abroad are limited and that's when i say that if you're going to come back to india after pursuing a masters abroad chances are that you you'll have a job that pays you very very little money so don't take a loan and go for your masters i mean that's my yeah. because probably you're not going to be able to afford to repay the loan immediately upon your return right. so think those things through if you have that you know a uh, gestation period of say 5 years or that you can you know manage to sustain yourself is when you finally get to a decent mid top level mm-hmm. is when you start doing the early well and it turns out to be extremely lucrative in that process obviously not lose patience not lose hope be determined right. be persistent 
so yeah i mean from that if you if you keep these basics in mind there are plenty of courses now available in india i mean fifa masters has started in india yeah, there's also gisb that runs a sports management program a whole bunch of certificate courses are started in sports law almost every law school is now at least running a uh, i mean at least the top 10 odd law schools are running certificate courses in sports law an optional subject right. offering sports law as an optional subject so those options are always there as far as going abroad is concerned i mean like what i said in the beginning right chase the faculty so if you know that a particular i mean i was really fortunate to have professors who you know did the whole uh, i mean professionals who are also professors right. uh, who you know sit on the cas arbitration panels or for that matter a professor who did the whole nemar deal in terms of his transfer so getting the you know it's extremely important yeah. to study the faculty profile and if you're getting that kind of faculty at any course then that's the course to go for i mean i wouldn't nail one particular university that hey this is great or that is not as good it's literally yeah. about studying your who's and sometimes again faculty changes from year to year right because right. of availability of certain people in terms of their busy schedules or whatever so it's definitely very dependent on what the faculty is like for that particular like i went to isde and pursued a second masters Yeah. Only from the perspective of a, I really wanted a network. I used that as a networking opportunity because it was a course wherein professionals came to study it and was taught by professionals. So yeah. by the end of the course, and I, I mean, today I have a network about at least sixty to seventy sports lawyers across the world in different countries. So I can pick up the phone on anyone and ask about a particular jurisdiction if I don't understand it or if there's ever an issue. Uh, so it was done completely from a networking perspective and of course after understanding the faculty so faculty came from this organization called rexport rexport mm-hmm. is an organization about 40 top sports lawyers of the world who formed this organization called rexport so i automatically knew that okay if i'm getting access to the rexport professionals right. it will be in terms of quality content so to speak so i mean that's what i said it's not so much about the university it's more about the people who are teaching it as a faculty yeah. I think it's a very important point that you just made uh, here. It's about the chase the faculty and uh, chase the network that you're going to build from that. I think that is all about uh, the thing and be sincere about whatever you want to do. So uh, yeah, yeah. I yes. mean, I'm a relationship person. I'm, not, you know, people tell me that you put too many emotions in your in, and it's not good from from perspective that uh, you're running your own business. But yeah. I think uh, that's what also takes me through because I'm a relationship person. So once people come to trust you, then they know that you know you. Yeah, and it's a, yeah, and it's a it's a very well saying also, right? The the people do business with people they trust and they they know, uh, and uh, that and be, being an athlete always an athlete, whichever profession that you choose, that the sports person in you never dies. So uh, you that's know, true. Great, great. So I'm coming to the last uh, last segment of uh, which I can go on and on for chat, chatting with you, but uh, let's use this time uh, and we'll we'll catch up on something else separately. But yeah, on the last one. Uh, of the record yeah so uh, one segment that you're talking about like social kumar or even the badminton or table tennis that you spoke about so these are all olympic sports and uh, you also are very passionate about olympic olympic dream that you have for for the country you do a lot of pro pro bono work and i know i know you work uh, you help by the way with women in sports a lot uh, at your own personal capacity as and when you have time but what is that olympic dream for you what does it uh, making india a sporting nation what is that for you from the legal perspective from a legal perspective i mean uh, from a legal perspective i think it's just about people understanding their rights mm. 
fitting into the realm of what really the laws of the game are so that we are looked upon see the moment you follow the laws of the game as an athlete right you're automatically looked upon with a whole lot of respect i mean today apart from the fact that uh, virat kohli might be the best cricketer out there in terms of his batting performance but i think a lot of people look at him for the kind of gestures except when he's extremely aggressive yeah. and things can get but i think some of the, some of the basic gestures like you know tying the other opponent's lace or for that matter just giving a pat on the back or and or you know asking people when a, the crowd is booing a particular athlete asking the crowd to stop it gestures like these right i mean just people athletes at large who can be role models who can sort of you know be the hallmark of what the sporting spirit really is from an athlete perspective i think that would be a whole long way of course losing and winning is a part and parcel of it all but uh, like i always say that uh, when the one great scorer comes to write against your name they ask whether or not you won or lost but how you played the game so it's literally yes. about people knowing in terms of how best they can put their best foot forward or while playing the game so that is what it is wow and that is that is actually making a a a dream of a sporting nation where you actually understand the whole thing and uh, be ambassador of the game and uh, represent it the full heart it's a phenomenal talking to you and uh, so good to hear from you and i think it is really appreciate your time and uh, thank you for being on sportsy where we just talk about sports thank you so much said for having me this is really fun and exciting and hopefully we'll do more fun stuff in the future take care looking forward to that thank you thank you thank you for watching thank you for liking and thank you for sharing but please do subscribe on the channel sportsy say that help us spread the word we go by the same name sportsy say across all the social media handles mm-hmm.